Wow, thank you, choir. Christ is coming. Christmas is coming. Luke chapter 2, I mean chapter 1, Luke chapter 1. We were in Luke chapter 1 last week, and we will be there again this week. We are in a countdown to Christmas, 20 days till Christmas. So if you haven't put up your tree or if you um, haven't bought some gifts or whatever you need to do, that's your business, but just know it's coming. Luke chapter 1, Christ is coming. We will see today, verses 26 through 38, Gabriel visits a teenage girl in the middle of nowhere named Mary, and he has quite the message for her. Luke chapter 1, If you have found your place in Luke chapter 1, verses 26, please say, Christmas tree. All right, please stand in honor of reading God's Word if you are physically able. If not, that's okay. We will read verses 26 all the way through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You may be seated. Why did Christ have to come? Why did baby Jesus have to come? Why did Christmas even happen? Well, because the Bible says in Isaiah 59 that your iniquities, talking about you and me, everyone here, everyone that's sitting in a seat in this room, your iniquities have separated you between... Your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden His face from you so that He does not hear. We are born into sin. For all of sin have fallen short of the glory of God. We have a sin problem when we were born. Well, I don't like that. Well, like it or not, that's the truth. That we all have a sin problem. Jeremiah said that our hearts are deceitful and wicked. And there's nothing good in it. That's strong words. 
That's strong. It offends us. It's not what we want to hear. But the truth is that we had a problem. And God being the God that loves us, a Father that wanted to pursue us and save us and redeem us, sent His one and only Son into the world. And that's why we're here, and that's what Christmas is about. So we will see, as we go through this passage, first we see an unbecoming candidate, Mary and Joseph. Nazareth was much smaller than Bay St. Louis. Nazareth was about four to 500 people at that time. Today, it's about 60,000. They've grown quite a bit. Four to 500 people. And God chose this couple. Why did God choose them? Well, we don't really know. Verse 28 says that Gabriel showed up and he says, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. So favor with God is granted by God. Was it uh, Mary's brown hair? Or was it uh, her olive skin? Or was it because she was just a sweet teenage girl? Maybe. But probably not. It probably had nothing to do with her. God chose Mary because He wanted to. Favor with God is granted by God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God. It's not of yourselves. Not by works so that no one can boast. So why did God choose them? We don't know. God gives favor to whom He wants to give favor. And throughout history, God has used ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. That's who God is. Perhaps God chose Mary and Joseph because the world would have never chosen them. The world would have never picked Mary. She was a young teenager, way out in the country. And God chose her. First Peter says that what makes a woman beautiful is a gentle and quiet spirit. Was it because of that that God chose Mary? Maybe, maybe not. But regardless, God raised this young teenage girl up for a purpose. We see that Mary is the recipient of God's grace. She's not the giver of grace. She's the recipient of God's grace. Look at verse 30. Gabriel said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Luke chapter 1, verse 46, we will see next week. Mary says this phrase, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Mary said this. Mary's reference to God as her Savior implies that she too was a sinner. She needed a Savior. You don't cry out to a Savior if you don't need one. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says, There is unrighteous, no, not one. Jesus said in Mark chapter 10 that no one is good except God alone. There's a passage in Luke chapter 2. We will see a few weeks that Mary and Joseph went to the temple to to bring doves, to bring birds as a sacrifice, as symbolic as a sacrifice. Now, if you're not a sinner, if you don't need a Savior... And why go to the temple to, to make a sacrifice? First Timothy 2 verse 5 says, that there's, there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And that's what Christmas is about. Next we see an unexpected campaign. An unexpected campaign. An ill-timed pregnancy would bring the promised king. Verse 31 
And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. So Mary, she was engaged to Joseph. She'd been dreaming of her wedding day her whole life. Uh, The wedding invitations had been sent out. They were betrothed. The invitations had been sent out. And uh, you ladies do not like it. Uh, It's a big emergency if you have to change the invitations. But that's what happened. All all these wedding showers were happening. And all of a sudden, God changes Mary's plans. And they're no longer going to have wedding showers. They're getting ready to have baby showers. And here's the problem. Mary was not married. She, her and Joseph, they were engaged. This is a big problem. Mary's life, the Lord kind of interrupted it. You know, God does that. Her plans were put on hold. And she's hearing this angel speak to her. She's terrified. She's concerned. And then all of the dots begin to come together. Mary had been planning to have a Mediterranean cruise for her honeymoon. And all of a sudden... Her honeymoon's going to be a donkey ride to Bethlehem. Next we see, a Nazarene couple was given the most precious gift of all. Look at verse 32. Well, 31 says that you will conceive and bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus. Do you know there's power in that name? Jesus. Yesu. Jesus Christo, Yeshua, there's power in that name. It's great power. My son's favorite song, I have no idea why. My son Graham, he's almost four, named after Billy Graham. We hope he tells many people about the Lord. But he knows this song, it's called, I think it's called, There's Power in the Name. And I don't know why he picked up on this, it's not necessarily mom or dad's favorite song, but he just, it stuck. And so he goes around singing every single day, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. Power in His name. All the time. Ask Him to sing it for you. He'll be glad to. And it's always when uh, something bad's happening or the day's just kind of not going okay or... Uh, me and Allison are kind of looking at each other in a, a way and there may be some friction. And it, he just interrupts us. There's power in the name of Jesus. Next we see a Nazarene couple. They are given the most precious gift of all. What's so special about this Jesus? Well, He's the promised Messiah. He's God in the flesh. More than 700 years written uh, before Christ came the prophet Isaiah, he wrote these words, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call His name Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the Messiah. An old African-American pastor named Arthur Jones says, Jesus is special. Matthew says He's a preacher and a teacher. Mark says He's a cleanser and a healer. Luke says He takes care of the homeless and the hungry. John says He works miracles. He calmed the raging sea. Jesus is who He says He is. This morning, do you know this Jesus? Next we see an uneasy capitulation. 
There's a great surrender. Mary, she's, she's uneasy. She's terrified. Gabriel's talking to her. Uh, if you, I don't know if you ever heard from a, an angel yourself, but it's a terrifying thing, I'm sure. And we put angels on top of the trees. My mom and dad always put a, a, an angel on top of the tree. And then I keep reading in the Bible uh, biblical accounts of angels. And there's a great book by Billy Graham taught, uh, titled Angels. And uh, it's really healthy to see. Sometimes we can be so infatuated with angels that we, we miss their purpose. They're God's secret agents, and they're not supposed to garner attention of their own self. Uh, so we see that there's, there's God's angels. There's millions of them. They're at work today. In fact, Gabriel, he's somewhere today doing what Gabriel does, taking God's orders. Isn't that cool to think about? Gabriel is at work. God's work still is going on. The kingdom of God is on the move. And so he, he shows up. Uh, the Bible says that angels have fire in their eyes. Uh, they have flaming swords. And they know how to swing them. They're uh, beautiful, the Bible says. And he shows up to Mary. And she's terrified. He says, don't be afraid. He gives us this great message. And Mary, she had heard about the Messiah. And all of a sudden, these dots begin to, to line up in her, in her heart. And so She's confused. Look what happens. She says, verse 34, How will this be? Since I'm a virgin. Mary's honest with Gabriel. She's basically saying, Gabriel, maybe you heard wrong, man. Maybe you need to go back and get your marching orders. Maybe, maybe Gabriel, let me tell you about humans. It don't work like that. You know, uh, you just can't have a baby. And she, she says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And God's supernatural hand gives us courage to go forward in obedience. The Egyptians, when they were in the desert, and they were running for their lives. They were, Moses said, Hey, we're going this way. It was the desert headed towards the Red Sea. It didn't look good. made no sense. What gave them courage to go forward? Was it because Moses, his, his really cool white beard? No. Was it because uh, Moses was just a phenomenal leader? Although he was, no. It's because they knew that God was with them. That's what gave them courage. Why did David, why did he go before Goliath? Because he was just that good with the sling? No. Because he was just such, such a good-looking young man? That's, that's what gave him the courage to go before Goliath? No. It's because he knew the Lord was with him. As believers, God's supernatural hand gives us courage to go forward in obedience. For nothing will be impossible with God. Lastly, true disciples submit to God's Word and His promises. True disciples submit to God's Word and His promises. Look at Mary's obedience. Verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Fake disciples do not submit to His word, and they disregard His promises. 
Mary, Mary, though she didn't understand all of what was about to happen, she conceded, she surrendered. She said, behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So what about you this morning? What crazy outlandish thing is God leading you to do in your life? Maybe it's not something outlandish. Maybe it's something simple. Maybe it's something, uh, the urging of the Lord. Maybe just to spend time with God each week. By the way, that's what believers should be doing. Maybe it's to teach a Sunday school class. Maybe it is to um, give to Lottie Moon. Maybe it is to get a new job. What's the Lord leading you today? What message has He put on your heart? What is He? What word has He put in your heart? that doesn't make sense, but you know that God's put it there. We can be like Mary. We can surrender, throw up the white flag, say, Lord, this makes no sense, but God, I want to follow you. Now, think about Joseph and Mary. We will visit next few weeks. We'll see it unfold. And then on Christmas Day, we will read the birth of Jesus. It's going to be awesome. This couple, God told uh, Mary many details, right? But included in this this uh, command and these details about what was about to happen, there's no airplane tickets. There's no hotel room reservations at the Motel 6 there in uh, Bethlehem. There's a lot that God doesn't put in there. When God could have, Gabriel... I mean, Gabriel could have, you know, got on Hotels.com and worked that out real fast. But he didn't. Sometimes it's a great lesson that God gives us what we need. And He could give us more, but it wouldn't require any faith. And if it didn't require any faith, then God wouldn't get any glory. He wouldn't be glorified as much. That's why today the Lord, some of you are here today, and you don't know Jesus. Maybe some of you are here, uh, students, maybe your parents drug you up here to this place and you were like, dude, be quiet because I'm ready to go eat lunch. And that's okay. And I would challenge you just to be honest with the Lord about that. But God could, if He wanted to, Jesus, the Bible says that He, the risen Christ, is at the right hand of the Father right now. And that Jesus, He could come straight through this roof and He could come and stand here on this stage for all of us to see Him. And what would happen? Most of us would believe without a doubt He came through the roof, He's sitting on the stage, standing on the stage. But let me ask you this. How much glory would be in it for God? It'd almost be like we were robots. Like... You know, okay, we believe and we go do this and go do that. God is impressed with faith. God is impressed. How do you impress God? But with faith. It was faith that made Abraham a righteous man. It was only Peter. We get so upset with Peter because he took his eyes off Jesus and he sunk. And he could have walked further. He could have water skied for all we know with the Lord. We get so upset with him. But guess what? Peter, he was the man. Because Peter's the one that sat down on the edge of the boat 
and swung his legs around and put that foot on the water. And then Peter had the guts and the faith to stand up, put his weight on the water. And then he pulled his other foot around and he stood up on the water. Why? Because of his faith in the Lord. So this morning, God is calling us, some of us, to do things that we've never done before. To go places that we've never went. To do some things that we've never even thought about in our own personal life. And we can have courage. Behold, we can say like Mary, Behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Lord, I don't know what's going on. This doesn't make sense. I'm nervous. I'm afraid. But God, I I concede. I surrender. I'm going to go with you. Fake disciples not submit to His Word and disregard His promises. So this morning, maybe none of this makes any sense to you. And the problem would be, because maybe you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ. You, You have no relationship with God. You may know about God. You may have been to Sunday school your whole life. But Christmas, it doesn't mean to you what it means to some people. It's just a bunch of gift giving and it's a lot of cookie making and it's a fun family time. But this morning, if you don't know God, if you still are separated from the Lord, guess what? You can come and know Christ today. It doesn't matter if your mom, your dad, your grandfather, your grandmother, they can all know Christ and be on their way to heaven. But if you've never repented of your sins and put your faith in Jesus and asked Him to save you, and the Bible says you're lost. You're separated from God. And that when you pray to God, He does not hear you because of your sin. So this morning, you're about to have an opportunity to just simply say this. Lord, You know my sin. God, You know I'm a sinner. And God, I want to ask You today to forgive me. And God, today I want to accept this baby Jesus, this baby that grew up to be a king, this, this baby that was God in flesh that went to the cross to take my sins. God, I want to put my faith in that Jesus today. God, I want You to save me. God, I believe. The Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you don't know Christ today, you can today. And you can walk down this aisle and you can tell someone about it. Today. Or you can walk out of here and you can go make that decision privately somewhere. And then next Sunday, come tell us about it. We'd love to know. I think God's stirring in the room. God is pricking some people's hearts that today they don't know Christ. And that's the most urgent thing that we can talk about. So if that's you, we want to challenge you to respond. Well, but preacher dude, my mom and dad, they think I'm a believer. And it would be very upsetting to them. Well, friend, let me tell you, it's going to be very upsetting for you if you don't know Christ. It's not going to matter what your mom or dad thought. It's not going to matter what your great aunt Sally thought. All that matters is what the Lord thinks. And He's here today. God's here in spirit. He's here with us. And He's taken 99 steps to you and He wants you to take one step to Him. Will you make that decision today? Maybe you just have some questions. Maybe you're like, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. But I I think I want to talk to someone about 
some of this, come grab Pastor James by the hand. Come say, can you explain to me the gospel? Can you tell me? The red-headed guy doesn't make any sense. But James, can you tell me? Can, can you share this with me? He'd be, he would love to share it. This Christmas is going to be special. But it can only be special for me. It's still going to be special regardless. But for me, my heart, and, and I think many people here, I'm just concerned that many people here are not going to get to experience Christmas like I am. Because I know that my, my sins have been far and great. And I know that I've been set free. And many people here can testify to that. I've been set free by the Lord. The Bible says that when God forgives you, He takes your sins and He hurls them as far as the east is to the west. It's a long ways. East to west. He forgets. He remembers them no more. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. And by His wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, and each of us has turned to our own way. But the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Christ came. Baby Jesus came to Mary and Joseph. He came to be a man. He came to make Himself flesh. Baby Jesus cried. Baby Jesus had gas. Baby Jesus threw up on His mom's shoulder. Baby Jesus was a human being. And He was perfect. And He he never cussed at anyone, cursed at anyone. He never um, attacked anyone. He didn't pick on anyone when He was in elementary school. He never cheated on a test. He never lied to His mom. He lived a perfect life. And then He was 30 years old. He, He started His ministry. And that ministry was powerful. And that ministry changed the world. But the whole purpose of baby Jesus and the whole purpose of Christmas was so that Christ would go to the cross. Jesus would come to set us free. Jesus said, I have come to seek and save that which was lost. That's why Christ came. That's why we're here. That's why this church was built. 1896, why this church was started. Because Jesus is alive. Do you know that Christ today? If not, you come as we sing.